Up next, the news you can use from YAA. It's your 30-minute fix for all your car questions, industry news, and tips you can use when buying your next vehicle. We're your hosts, Ray and Zach Shepska, the founders of YAA. We're here every weekday, live at noon Eastern. Check us out at joinyaa.com. Come on, get in! It's noon on Friday, December 3rd, which means it's news that you can use from YAA with your dear friends Zach and Ray and our surprise Friday guest. And it should never be a surprise as to who's going to be here on Fridays. Who, who do you think it is? What do you think, Pops? Who's your guess? What's your guess? The FNI goddess herself, Miss Kimberly Klein, I believe, will be joining us shortly. Pops, I think someone's at the She's door. Right can you let him in? You got it. My God, it's Kimberly, as advertised. Ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. That's a very aggressive, a very aggressive. uh, Oh no! Hi guys, how are you? Well, and you? Very, very well, thank you. I wore my red just for you and the Cardinals. Bless your heart, Kimberly. Yes, yes, I did. I'm in red and white today, looking like I'm working the sidelines with my my white long sleeve uh, shirt under the the half sleeve hoodie. Go, go, Ray. <laughs> I just want to, I'm just planting the seed. So we're going to get into the show here in a second. We've got a lot to cover. For example, Ford recalling 125,000 vehicles because, you know, the brakes. But don't worry who about need, that. Who the needs brakes? Yeah. We're like Tesla. But Tesla's yeah. got their own issues. So I, I yeah, should uh, Yeah. Honda, they're recalling 725,000 <laughs> Uh, vehicles because i know this happened to you one time dad the front hood can come up while you're driving as opposed to that rear hood yeah Yeah. (laughs) teslas they they got rear hood things um we've got more data on destination charges there's a labor crunch that that's partly what's driving up uh destination charges and we've got polestar they're going all in polestar is going for it they're going to be everywhere next year and honestly based on what justice and mario shared with us from the la auto show with good reason they've got some really impressive cars and because we've got miss kimberly klein here we'll probably talk about the fni office at some point as well how's that sound guys Oh my God! I I I'm I'm extremely excited. How about you, Kimberly? Absolutely! I'm yeah. so happy and excited yeah. to be here. Well, Justice, thanks for being in the chat with us. Uh, Javid, thank you for being here. Doug's with us. Uh, Morning Glory. Good afternoon. You got it right. It is yes. Early afternoon. Uh, Janagami. Never going to pronounce that right, but it's nice to have you here. And Jeannie, thanks for being here as well. Let's hop into things, guys. Let's talk about what's going on over at Ford. I'll pull the article up on the screen. This was on the front page of Automotive News this morning. Ford recalls about 125,000 Bronco Sport Escape vehicles over rear brake defect. The recall covers their most recent model years, the 2021s and 2022s. I'll get into this in just a second, but what's your immediate reaction pops from uh, from this my immediate reaction is that's why cars have front and rear bumpers um they're also known as stoppers in an emergency when those brakes don't work stoppers (laughs) my question is do you guys remember whenever pre-recall hi retired mco1199 hello (laughs) i (laughs) Yeah. Do you remember pre-recall, Ray, whenever there weren't recalls and then there were a couple of recalls and then more and more and more? So my question is, do you feel like recalls have become the norm today? Um, yeah, I yeah, I, I think most manufacturers and, and their engineers 
spec out the cars, build the cars, um, engineer the stuff the way, and and they hope it all works the way they intended it to work. And and well, like if that. it doesn't, if it doesn't, well <laughs> then they'll be more than happy to uh, to have a voluntary recall and fix it at that point. And they've already factored in those costs, you know, those future costs into. Um, in, into the uh, the price of their vehicle to the manufacturer to the uh, dealer. Got a question for you guys. Yes. When, what is the criteria? And and I don't know if either of you are necessarily experts on this, but and we'll go to what's going on at Ford and Honda in a second here. But like, what's the criteria to get a recall out? Like, does it, is it a certain number of complaints or issues or a studies done? Like, what what's the criteria for this? I believe it's 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 a number of complaints to the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration. And then they open up a preliminary um, investigation. But if there's if there's a, a number of complaints concerning the same thing, then that creates an issue for them. And they go to the manufacturers and they say nicely, it appears you have an issue here. Uh, how would you like to handle it? Would you like to handle it with a voluntary recall or would you like the government to mandate the recall? Right. Or a lawsuit. Yes. <laughs> you have three I mean, options. Yes. Um, so let's look at what's going on at Ford. I'll, I'll actually pull up the details here, and we'll look at the Honda one as well. So here, let me zoom in. The rear brake lining on those vehicles, again, this is Bronco Sports and what was it? Uh, Escapes, 2021, yes. 2022, Bronco Sports and Escapes. You know, when, can I say one thing? When, when the rear brakes don't work, those Escapes become harder and harder to accomplish. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> Wait a second. It's going to be a little delayed because I got to do a little production. Oh, I love it. Do, 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 do. It just took me a while to get there, but I think. Thank you. You got there. You got there. That's the important thing. (laughs) So (laughs) the rear brake lightings on those vehicles might have been manufactured incorrectly, kind of like those roofs on the Broncos as well, if you remember those. And during certain situations, the driver may have to apply more brake pedal force and the distance required to stop the vehicle may extend, increasing the risk of crash, the automaker said in a notice to U.S. safety regulators. So, yeah, you were right, Dad. This is this is straight from our dear friends over at NHTSA, uh, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. What I find fascinating, though, both is is this piece down here, which is dealers will be notified on January 3rd and owners on January 10th. Why is YAA a month earlier than the manufacturer and the dealer? Um, Well, it's because we... Unlike unlike the dealer and the menu, we are on top of our game. Okay, we should be what would be considered accredited journalists, but we're not. <laughs> but we're not. But we could be with a piece of paper and an yes. ink pen. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, you know, it, it it'll it it'll be in the mainstream media today, because yeah. um, and much like the Honda recall is, will be in the mainstream media. So. That's why they don't have to announce it to their dealers or to the public. The public will know well before those dates. Mm-hmm. So let's take a peek at what's going on over at Honda. This one's fascinating. So the headline here is Honda recalls. May, may I say one thing? Another joke coming. Yes. It'll be harder to take a peek once that hood latch gives way. Wait a second. Wait okay. a second. And I'll, and I'll explain that from experience. Honda recalls nearly 800,000, rounding up here, 
I do that in all aspects of my life. U.S. vehicles for hoods that may open while driving. Recall covers certain 2019 Passport midsize crossovers and the 2016 to 2019 model year pilots, as well as 2017 to 2020 Ridgeline midsize pickups. That's a lot of vehicles. And the issue is pretty, pretty darn scary. Um, so let's see here. It's uh, vehicles globally for hoods that may open while driving, which could increase the risk of crash. Can either of you confirm or deny that a hood opening would increase the? Uh, I confirm. I concur. Yes. Yes, and I can, and I can share the story with you that that I can confirm it. Yes. Yeah. All right, I'll let you do that in just a second here. Honda said gaps in the front seal between the hood and the grill allow for air entry, potentially resulting in hood vibration at highway speeds. Again, this is from NHTSA last month. Over time, the hood vibration could form stress fractures along the hood latch striker and separate the hood latch striker from the hood. Uh, Honda said as of November 19th, it has re received 116 warranty claims. Fortunately, no reports of crashes or injuries. The part supplier was not disclosed in this particular one. Pops, what is your story with the hood latch coming open? In in the in the um, um, early seventies, when I was working for my father, uh, filling vending machines uh, all across the uh, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, Northern Maryland areas of this country, I was driving in my lovely AMC green hornet and yes. i was on i-95 the far left lane speeding through wilmington mm -hmm. delaware when suddenly i just hear this loud noise and everything in front of me is black because the hood had flown up onto the onto the windshield blocking the windshield and i'm thinking to myself I'm going 75 miles an hour in the left lane of I-95. If I jam on the brakes like I want to, that was my first reaction. I'm thinking, well, I don't know. The person behind me is going to kill me. <laughs> so I kind of stuck my head out the window a little oh, bit so I could yeah. see. And I put on my four-way flashers and I kept tapping my brakes to slow down and pull over to the right where Luckily, I did not have an accident, but I can tell you that it scares the living hell out of you when it happens because it's frightening. Um, and I was able to lower the hood and then slowly, like five, seven, ten miles an hour, drive off the highway, drive down a street, find a hardware store, go by rope, okay, and tie the hood back down so I could drive home. But it was the most frightening experience I have ever had in my life driving, literally. Yeah. I mean, speeding as one would do in a Green Hornet down the highway. <laughs> but I had an ex-husband in 1989, and don't take this wrong, I really, I, I adore him. He's a wonderful, wonderful guy. But after changing the oil in our 1980-something Dodge Shadow, um, did not latch the hood correctly or all the way. Maybe there was a little air gap in there and driving down the road, that hood flew off the car. Okay? Oh so, so the force was so great that it didn't stay on the car. It flew off and landed in some guy's lawn. Oh my God. And so we went and gathered that hood. And as I one would do. The hood as one would off. do because yeah, you don't want to leave it. In you the can't leave your hood. Lawn. Yeah, no. no, 
so for a while we did have a different color hood and a different color car but i too have experienced that horror um but luckily the windshield just got a crack in it see that's the thing is if the hood flies off it could kill the person behind you first of all luckily we were out in the country and nobody was standing in that guy's yard that could have been a uh, yeah yeah so that's a dangerous dangerous thing and it needs to be fixed right away Yes, and and you know what I noticed about these two stories hmm. is they all had uh, well action figure heroes. I drove a Green Hornet, and Miss Kimberly was driving a Shadow. Only the Shadow <laughs> yeah. knows what's Only happening the- to that Green Hornet. Right, <laughs> right. Where, where the hell was Batman when we needed him? <laughs> He was out in his Batmobile <laughs> on the other side of the United States somewhere. You guys are funny. Okay, so Ford recalling 100,000 plus vehicles. Honda recalling nearly 800,000 vehicles. It was just last week we were talking about Ram pickup trucks, the heavy-duty pickup trucks. Wasn't it like 2 million of them have optional recalls on them right now? Wow. So it's crazy. It's incredible what's going yes. on. Yes, yes. Thank God all the manufacturers have set aside extra money to pay for all this. Exactly. Right. Yeah. They're going to need some- it. Jay Nagami, uh, Ford dealer, wants me to pay the shipping costs on a new car. Pops and Miss Kimberly Klein, he should say. Well, it depends. Is he talking about it coming from the factory or is he talking about doing a deal or trade? (laughs) Yeah, what is that? Okay, okay, fair enough. But if they're asking for him to pay an additional destination charge or something like that, that's That's different. But I know I used to charge customers for dealer trades if if we had the truck vehicles a long distance. Yes. If yeah. you're dealer trading, absolutely. Yeah. There you go, Jay Nagami. But also give us some more context and we'll give you a better answer. Yes. Let's switch gears here, guys. Let's actually talk a little bit about – let's jump to Polestar. And then I actually want to get Miss Kimberly Klein. We talked about a few topics yesterday that I think are actually right up your alley. So I'd like to get your take on them. It was uh, a few things. There was a Florida dealership, Jermaine, that realized that if they don't force products down people's throats, they sell more products. So want to get your take on that novel concept. <laughs> Um, then we've got the Oklahoma Kia dealership and, and dealer group that uh, just went, uh, got sentenced or they didn't get sentenced. They got uh, they were found guilty of, uh, of fraud. So I'd like to get your take on that. And then we have that California dealer who's doing the lawsuit for the lease returns. Would actually like to get your take on that, too. So with all that being said, let's first. Here we go. Thanks. It's from the factory. Well, then it's if it's from the factory, then it's just your normal destination charge that is part of. Um, the MSRP, the Manufacturer's Suggested Retail Price. It'll be listed on the window sticker. You'll have the bottom line price um, of the vehicle, and then it'll say destination charge, and then you will have the total price, including the destination charge. So, yes, you have to pay that. So does the dealer. And Igor, very rightfully so, is saying who is doing dealer trades right now. Yes, Igor. I was thinking that you said it. Thank you, Igor. (laughs) So let's jump into a few things. I actually have it right here, Jay Nagami. Uh, Yes, destination charges are up and all vehicle transport costs are up. Here's why. We actually actually have an article back on the YAA website as well. Let me show you. Destination charges, YAA. There you go. It's right Those here. Computers back. are so smart. <laughs> it's back here on our website. So if you wanted to see how much destination charges are up, which again, you can't negotiate, it's right here back on the website. Let's jump to Polestar and then Miss Kimberly Klein. I've got these articles queued up uh, for us to talk about as well. But Pops, 
Polestar, you know I used to drive a Volvo. Volvo kind of is a der- Polestar is a derivative of Volvo. They're going from 25 showrooms. They now have 38 in 2022 that they're planning and 50 by 2023. Plus, they have a crossover coming to market. I don't know if you had a chance to read this article about what Polestar is doing, but what's your what's your take on how they're advancing? Uh, well, they they you know they're they're having their own. Uh, uh, chassis uh, what what i forget what the hell you call it, but their underpinnings uh yeah. they're not going to necessarily share everything with volvo as they have in the past yep. they want to increase the uh, basically double over the next year and a half the number of us dealerships um they're i think looking to go public and they expect to raise 20 billion dollars that's, that's with a b. b um you know and 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 that's a relatively small player in the electric vehicle market um but um they're they are destined and determined to become a real player in the u.s and europe as far as electric vehicles are concerned and with their heritage being volvo um you know, I, I I think they'll have the safety behind them and and everything else that you would normally associate with Volvo, and and so um, they just might really be a big time player when everything's all said and done. Yeah, the words you were looking for just between you and me, pops. There, yeah. they're right here. You were trying to say bespoke aluminum space frame platform. That's it. The platform architecture. architecture. I kind of muffled that a little bit, but yeah, that's what you were looking for. (laughs) Yeah, he Mm. said underpinnings, but we knew that he meant the bespoke aluminum space frame platform architecture. We knew. Yeah, you know, that's gonna be a new ad lib. <laughs> you know, yeah, perhaps if I hadn't dropped out of college in my third semester, <laughs> similar to you, Sonny Boy, uh, you know, I would have, I would have remembered what the hell I was trying to talk about. It's pretty cool. They're really doing like a Tesla playbook, level three or level four. Autonomy is what they're trying to bring as well. Polestar is going to be a Tesla competitor, and I think they see an opportunity to grow way more rapidly than the Volvo brand. Brand, it's it's pretty neat. Let's switch over. Let's switch over if it's okay, guys. Let's talk again about this Oklahoma Kia dealership. So, Ms. Kimberly Klein, I don't know. Did you happen to see yesterday's show or, or read? I, you'll have to off? refresh me. I caught a tick of it. I caught a tick because I was on calls. But um, please, please pops, refresh. What, what's what's going on in the great state of Oklahoma? Uh, well, it's not necessarily the entire state of Oklahoma, <laughs> but at least in Norman, <laughs> Oklahoma. Okay, at the home of the University of Oklahoma. Um, I believe that's where University of Oklahoma is. Um, there was there was a, a gentleman and his uh, compliance officer. Uh, that that was funny itself, uh, and his comptroller, and they were they were only committing uh, well fraud and wire fraud and identity fraud in order to get deals bought by at the banks. Um, oh. Yeah, like like telling the banks that the customer was putting X amount of money down yeah. when what the customer was doing was going to their pawn shop and selling their items that they used. To, well, they to, weren't so, even going to the pawn shop. They set up a shell company that was a pawn <laughs> shop, and then yeah. they would overvalue the assets that someone said they could potentially pawn and say that that was cash down. Yes. Kimberly, yeah, was, have you it, ever heard of any of this type of stuff? <laughs> That you could potentially, it just keeps going on and on and on and on. So, yes, of course, the controller and the compliance, did they have a compliance manager in the dealership? The Mr. compliance Gooch. officer, yes. He, okay. The compliance and officer and the manager. owner were convicted on 25 counts. Woo-wee. Yeah. Woo-wee. 
I think that's a big one and that goes pretty deep. But I think that if we send people out to pull deals, um, send compliance groups, compliance companies out to pull deals, you might find a lot of that. A lot of that. I asked my dad that question yesterday, Kimberly. I said, how prevalent is this? And we ended up having a pretty funny back and forth. So I'll ask you the question first. I'll tell you kind of what yesterday's conversation went. So like, how prevalent is fraud like this, do you think, in the industry? Okay, I think it's very prevalent. However, there are little things and then there are big things like what you guys just described to me. The little things would be, um, uh, he, he put on his application that he makes $2,500 a month. We put on his application that he makes, I don't know, $2,800 a month. That would be considered little. Is it the right thing to do? Absolutely not. You should never do that ever, ever, ever. But that's small potatoes. Big things like what you just described, um, ch- anytime you change income, anytime you come up with this story of where the down payment is coming from, anytime you do that, you're going to go to jail. Finance managers go to jail over this. It's a big deal. Yeah. And it happens, it happens a lot. And, and as I said yesterday, I think it's more prevalent in your mass market brands and your brands that, that appeal to a lower income customers yes than it is it's your luxury brands <clears throat> because those people typically those buyers at those luxury brand stores they typically have the income that nobody is misstating what they're earning um right. and and as i said to zach yesterday a big red flag would be if the finance manager or the salesperson insists that they fill out the credit application for the customer by yes. asking the customer the questions and then just asking them to sign the application. Um, right. You know, as, as I said, in, in the, all the dealerships I worked in, we, we made sure that the customer that was the one that was filling out their own credit application, it had to be filled out by them and signed by them. Uh, I didn't. I didn't want to run the risk of anybody saying that we manipulated any of the information on there. No way, never, ever, ever. And if the customer fills that out and then says at the last minute to the finance manager, "Oh, I meant that to be. I make four thousand dollars a month. I put two thousand. I wasn't thinking properly." Finance manager, don't change anything. You hand it over to the customer, you have them one line it and put their initials next to it. Everything has to be documented like a paper trail. And by the book. Yeah. If if you want to do it right. We've got from D Boots here in the chat. Ray, thanks again for assisting me yesterday. This was the situation with no title. I I know who he is. Yeah. And I'm now in communication with the GSM. No solution yet, but I sense that he doesn't want this to go above him. Desmond. Yeah, Pops, you want to kind of. Desmond Desmond bought a a car from a dealership in San Francisco, uh, had it delivered to him in Oregon where he lives, um, and the the dealership in San Francisco has been unable to provide him uh, with the title so that he can register the vehicle. And he had been dealing with the F&I person and the F&I person just kept coming up with excuses as to why they haven't been able to get it handled. And he wanted to know what he should do next. And, and well, the next is, is talk to the general sales manager or general manager. Uh, I found out what dealer group owns the store. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can't get satisfaction from the GSM or the GM, well, there's an area vice president from this large dealer, publicly traded dealer group 
that would be interested because they don't want any of these issues. They don't need these type of issues. Um, so you have to either go up the food chain at the dealership or the food chain at the corporation. And um, his temporary, his second temporary tag is due to run out on the 13th of this month. So he needs this handled quickly. It sounds very similar to a, a car group that ends in Vana uh. um, that they're not getting title, but um does this dealer group have a title department, an accounting department that handles these things? I, I would think they do. They're one of the, I think they're either the second or third largest publicly traded dealer group. Uh, I'm not mentioning any names and I won't mention the, the particular dealership. Um, yeah. But it is a dealership that this rather large publicly traded dealer group bought slightly over a year ago. Um, yeah. Forget about the finance manager. Get away oh, yeah, the, from the finance, finance manager doesn't yeah. care. <laughs> go go to accounting go to title go to general manager and all the way up like you said ray absolutely yeah so uh you know i i got the, i got the name of the gsm for desmond and i passed that on to him yesterday and awesome and yeah i'm sure it'll get handled because yes yeah. somebody at, at the gsm's level does not want it to go any higher than their dealership and no, i know from really when i don't. worked when i worked at the penske organization i mean trust me if there was an issue we were told to handle it because if we didn't handle it and it went to an area vice president he was going to handle it whatever it cost our dealership to do it and he didn't care how much of our money he had to spend he wanted it handled before it ever got to him so yep Absolutely. And the last thing a finance manager wants to see coming into their office is anybody from accounting or title department and certainly not the general manager. You don't want to see that person walking towards your office as a finance exactly. manager. Yeah. And it kind of speaks volumes to the challenges that consumers can face in these situations, whether it be your we're talking about the, the credit apps and those being filled out by your salesperson. You're just signing off on it yeah. or buying a car out of state and the title doesn't show up. Like that's not unique to Desmond. That's been happening a lot uh, with Carvana customers, yes. and customers, et cetera. So these are things to be aware of before you go into the process. Well, and, and, in, and in a lot of cases, the pre-owned cars um, that get sold, you know, are trade-ins. And, and oftentimes, more often than not, those trade-ins have a lien against them because there's an existing loan. So a bank has to be paid off. And First. once they're paid off, then, then they're supposed to send the dealership, assuming that they, they, they got a power of attorney signed by the customer mm -hmm. to, to, to instruct the bank to send the, the, uh, the title to the dealership. Um, yep. and, and technically, the dealership's not supposed to sell the vehicle until they actually have title in hand. So there's discipline that could be applied to this dealership uh, by the state of California for having sold a car without the title. Um, and the, the lending institution has a responsibility to get the title to whoever paid it off in a timely fashion as well. Um, but this happens more in more cases than you would realize because there's payoffs on probably 90 to 95% of most trade-ins. Right. Mo most people don't, don't own their car outright when they trade it in. Exactly. And so there's that chain again, that chain of paperwork. Everybody has to do their job. That power of attorney has to get signed, especially if it's an out-of-state deal or an out-of-state trade. 
that power of attorney has to get signed and everything gets pushed to accounting and accounting has to make sure they get the payoff. I mean, it's a, it's gotta be done. Yep. We've, we've got Igor in the chat here mentioning one of the other issues that, uh, that Oklahoma dealer group was doing as well. Ah. Lying about book value on used cars is another common violation. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. They're being sold over value. And let me just pull it up really quickly. Fuck. Yeah. Cause what, what dealers do Zach is, um, you know, a lot of banks, they want to get NADA it's... reports as to what the value of the vehicle is. Right. So dealerships will, will, say that the vehicle they're selling actually has more equipment than it really does. Um, mm-hmm. And that doesn't become a problem unless, of course, that vehicle gets repossessed. And then suddenly the moonroof that you said it had um, not, and there yeah. is none. Well, that's an issue. That's uh, a problem. Yeah. Or the or the luxury package that you said it had or the premium package that you said it had that it doesn't. Then that becomes a problem. So lots of dealers um, will inflate the wholesale value of a vehicle by overstating the equipment that is on the vehicle. Yes. And can I just say that that goes to um, structuring a loan. It's all about getting the loan bought, you guys. It's all about getting it structured in such a way that, of course, the finance manager and dealership makes the most money. But not just that. They get it done. Yes. They get that loan done. Um, so if the if there's a low LTV loan to value on it and you don't have any cash down or maybe there's negative equity and all of a sudden you can't get the loan done, well then there we're gonna just plump it up a little bit and make it prettier for the bank, which is no. No, that no. That, that sounds a lot like fraud. <laughs> sounds like things are rotten in Oklahoma. Does the manufacturer take action in these kind of cases? And actually no. Well, in this case, the manufacturer. Well, if it comes to a loan and you're plumping up the LTV on a vehicle, the manufacturer doesn't care, but the bank does. Well, the biggest repo cases, the owner is now barred. He has to sell his uh, uh, his stake in the dealerships. Like the manufacturers, no. you can no longer own a Kia dealership. Well, yeah, oh, mo- yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, part of part of most dealership agreements with the manufacturers is you can't be convicted of anything. Can't go to felonies. jail. <laughs> that could um, be a problem. Yes, <laughs> trust me. Absolutely. Yeah. We've got uh, a couple comments here I want to pull up from the chat. Javed saying, if you're financing a vehicle, doesn't the finance company have to take care of getting the title since it's under a lien? No, the the uh, dealership agrees to do that because they're the ones that typically collect the registration fees. Now, in the case of Desmond, um, he was going to be doing his own uh, title and registration and tax fees in Oregon because mm. it was an out-of-state deal. Okay, but typically it's it's the dealership that has to do it on behalf of the bank, and 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 if if the bank doesn't get that title in a timely fashion, uh, they can unwind the loan mm-hmm. and charge it back to the dealer. Oh um, yes, they can, and it yes. has been and, done. Yes, yeah. Not only yes, they can. Yes, they will. They will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> JNLW here says sold my used car to CarMax and it was on their site for a month because it took them that long to get the title. Once they did, the car was gone off the site. This is interesting. If you remember, I sold my Volvo to Carvana a year or so ago now. Over a year ago. Yeah, and I remember they immediately posted it for sale. It's like there's no way the title had cleared by that point, but they had already listed it for sale. That's very common in the industry uh, for Mm -hmm. cars to be listed for sale, even though they don't have title in hand. Uh, Justice says, if you sell to a dealership, make sure you file a bill of sale with the DMV. Remove yourself ASAP. 
not a bad idea. Yep. All right, gang. Igor's Igor has hit us with so many different uh, like tactics dealerships can use to forge things. Overvalued left side values to get a loan approved for a used car deal is another violation that is common. Yeah. Um, there's this one here: re-signing the contract without the customer by forging signatures. I mean, there's oh, yeah. a lot that can happen. I guess yeah. there are so many, you guys, from just from within the finance office alone. I mean, Igor is just letting us know yes yeah. absolutely there are a myriad of of things yeah yeah and these are definitely things to be aware of uh and if any of them come up definitely get the heck out of the way you know it's not well and and here's the beauty of it always always as the customer keep your original copy of everything oh your copy of the contract yes. so that if suddenly there's another signature on the contract that the bank has but it's not on your copy Hmm. Wonder where that came from. Yes, so. Ray. That is excellent. And I can't even tell you over the years how many people have said to me, "Oh, I I don't know where that that is. I don't. I've lo I don't know where my paper. Did I even get paper? You didn't give me paper. I don't have paper. It's so important, people. It's so important that you hang on to that. Yes. And you guys are you're, you're making my gears spin a little bit here because I'm I'm all about how do we how do we make these things easier? And let's be clear. Not, I'm not even going to say not every dealership. Most dealerships don't do this type of stuff. Does it still happen a lot? Is it very prevalent in the industry? Right. Absolutely. And that's why you read well said, yeah. automotive news. But this is making me think there's got to be a way, like eventually we'll build a YAA app on your phone. Like when you're at the dealership, you should be able to like take pictures or scan all of your stuff in and we can store it for you or something. Like there's got to be a way we can help people with this. Because um, Henrique is saying, is there any way a buyer can see that information? Like, yeah, you've got it on all the paperwork, but like hell, you're going to like read through line by line. It'd be nice if it was like digitized and you could search for stuff. Anyway, you guys got me, got me spinning. Javid has a uh, uh, some thanks and appreciation. What happens if a loan is unwound? And then just want to give Mark a quick shout out here because he's joined us live for the first time. And Yay, Mark. Says Zach, you are wrong. It is very common more than people think. All right, fair enough. I'm just trying to be a good guy. It's Friday in December, Igor. It's holiday season. Um, but Popster Kimberly, uh, what happens when a loan is unwound? And then I got one more thing I want to share with the community. I just want to say it's a nightmare for the dealership. It is, and it's a nightmare for the customer. Yep. Because the customer is going to get out of that car, whether they mm -hmm. wanted to or not, uh, because the bank never, never had a lien filed. Um, showing that they have an interest in the vehicle. Um, I can honestly say that in all my years in the business, I've never, I've never had that happen to where we put somebody in a car and 90 days later we were unable to provide a title to the bank. I, I have had cases where we put people in a car um, without having full approval and the people were aware of that before we put them in the car. And, and sometimes, yes, you have to bring them back and, and as we would call it, unwind the deal and take them out of the car because we never got a full bank approval. But yes. thankfully I've never had a case where we had full bank approval, but we never provided a title. <laughs> so. No, I I'm with you, Ray. Same exact same. Of course there have been deals unwound because a customer didn't provide proof of income let's say exactly and we just couldn't get that deal done so it had to be unwound being a deal being unwound for bigger situations like a title issue i yeah that would be a paper mess yes <laughs> so and can it. i just no. i'm sorry 
Can I just say a lot of dealerships, two things to what you said, Zach, not all dealerships are like this. Not all dealerships are nefarious in their ways of getting a loan done or, or a deal bought. Um, these are just things to watch out for because they do happen. And the second thing is a lot of dealerships are putting paperwork on a USB thingy. What do you call that thingy? A thumb drive. That. Yeah, which is kind of cool. I like that. I do too. So guys, I want to do one quick thing, which is both of you this morning, thank you very much. You tested the brand new YAA car search yeah. feature that we have on the website. This is not live yet. This is like for the, I think there's like 80 people here with us. So like if you're one of the 80 people here, this is some early access. I posted back on the YAA community, the instructions here. We're doing our first round of like public testing. There's all sorts of feedback being shared with us. The URL to go to is joinyaa.com slash cars. When you go there, you're going to see a, a password that you need to enter. The password is this, vehicle listings 2021. My ask of you is search for cars and then post your feedback here on the community forum to show you, give you like a little example. It's getting pretty close. Uh, Miss Kimberly Klein, please name a car and I'll search for it. Uh, Volkswagen Atlas. Ooh, there Volkswagen. you have it, my God. Volkswagen. There we go, pops right up. Do, 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 do. Cool. Volkswagen Atlas. I can play around with like the distance. I don't know. It's just a hundred miles from where I currently am. All the filters over here to the left. Maybe I just want new ones. I want to make sure that the total price is, I don't know. What's a reasonable, like 41,000? Under $100,000. Yeah. Days on market. <laughs> Maybe I want to make sure the days on market is like, I don't know, anywhere from... 10 to 49. I'm just having fun at this point to like show the functionality. I can look at body styles, colors. If you can, please come on here. Please click around yeah. and tell us your feedback. Give us your feedback. We've got all the information here, like my dad's face and the Yay. total price. We've got Miss Kimberly Klein down here telling you what it would cost if you wanted to get that extended warranty right here. No gimmicks. Right? Really proud of this. Uh, we even have Space, aka Mario, giving Mario. you some insights on price changes. And also vehicle supply for that type of vehicle in your area. And we have the uh, four-step buying guide up here as well. So if I click on this, which I ask you, please click on that. You then get the four-step buying guide. Please, 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 please. This is the first testing we're doing that's not just internal. Pops and Kimberly, thank you guys for testing it this morning. Uh, again, it's back on the community forum. I'm going to paste the link in the chat right now. If you have five minutes, if you have 10 minutes, we'd really appreciate if you can take some time and play around with that. Yes, we would. I absolutely love it. And I see a comment from, is it Javid M that says, oh, we get to be in. Yes, you do. Yeah. Yes. Honestly, yeah. Like this is the first, like we've been testing on our staging environment and on our dev environment and the team Arash and Vera uh, this morning, they finally, they got things on production. It was a, it was yeah. a little tricky. They got it. Um, and we've been testing, and so we'd really appreciate it if everyone else can can help us out here. I think it looks pretty good. I'm, like, very proud. It's way better than, what was it, like a week ago that we did the first testing? And I remember, Dad, you and I had a pretty, like, terse conversation because you left some feedback. And you're like, it doesn't work, and it sucks. And I'm like, you can't say that to <laughs> I didn't you say that. Ray, did you say that? No, I did not. I just said something seems amiss. <laughs> and, and, and Zach took that in the worst possible way it like, like i like i called him a bad name or something 
<laughs> oh. I love it, but I have a question. Yeah, yeah. If if they go and they test this out, then they're probably going to get spam calls, right? And they're probably going to get emails and spam calls and people knocking on their door probably going, hey. Afraid not. <laughs> <laughs> no? And it's free. Everything we just showed you, 100% free. We're really proud of this iteration. Uh, my favorite word like, of, of what we're doing. So yeah, hopefully, probably in like a week or two, let's say two weeks, that'll be no password protection. Everyone will have access to it. But for right now, yeah, you're a YA insider. Give us your feedback. Your voice is going to help shape what we do. I've already been talking. We've been talking internally. Once those EV tax credits get passed, how cool would it be when you're searching for EVs on the YA listings if it tells you which ones qualify for how much tax credit? So then when you go to the dealership, there's no there's no trickery. You know what credits are in your name. We're already thinking about incentives. So if we can know, like I was answering on the community this morning, someone asked for incentives on a Toyota Tacoma in the New York market, the TRD off-road. Like we have that data. We're going to build that into the list. So share your feedback, share your thoughts with us. Super proud of this. Um, heck of an effort from everyone involved uh, not you know least of or most of a lot of goes a lot of it goes to both of you on the screen uh, as well kimberly you've been with oh, us for a year you. now and pops since day one so this has been really great i have oh. to say yaa for everybody out there has got the smartest ingenious tech team behind them isn't that, Catherine well, great? Like the way that she does her research and the design. Oh She's really, yeah. It blows me away. It really does. We've got such a great team. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. really, really is. And, and, and people watch and they think it's like us and that's it. There's oh, yeah. so much. I mean, we, we are, except for the guy on the left, you and I are like nothing compared yeah. to what, yeah. what these others are really doing. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it, it is, a pleasure to be part of something that is going to be so consumer friendly that um, when consumers use it, they don't have to give information. Their information isn't going to get shared with anybody. It isn't going to get sold to dealerships. Um, it will allow them to move at their pace with, with a greater understanding as to how things operate in the car business and, and with a, a, a better knowledge. Definitely. Transparency. Yeah. Yep. Couple comments here, and then we'll wrap up today's show. Thank you, guys. Friday, everyone enjoy a happy Friday in the upcoming weekend. Tatcha says, "Don't know if it's possible, but could you add incoming vehicles? That would have been handy during my search. I'm not sure if we can right now, but that's a really, really neat concept. So, thank you for sharing that." Mm -hmm. Doctor Wisdom says, "Add any distance to the range options. Yes, we actually the default is going to be nationwide right now. So it costs us more money if we serve up nationwide right now. Once it's live, live on production, it will. Um, so the default will be." nationwide then you can do 500 250 150 10 mile radius any other comments here igor said i've seen it zach great job and great detailed info to give to the member um yeah awesome guys well thank you so much oh doug wants us to be able to do this in canada soon doug soon hopefully sometime next year we'll have canadian info that we can share with you but until then this is the best we can do um are we doing a live stream tomorrow night tomorrow night pops and zach back on the yaa channel we'll be live looking forward to it Yes. Yeah, buddy. Oh, and by the way, since I'm I'm repping all things Arizona, let's let's hope and pray that our beloved Phoenix Suns can win their 19th in a row tonight by once again defeating the Golden State Warriors. Uh, that game was flexed. They dropped the L.A. Lakers, L.A. Clippers game on ESPN to to show the Suns Warriors game. 
I, it's usually the sons would get flexed off of the TV, not onto. <laughs> <laughs> so, these are exciting times. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's funny. I can't believe you just put Mark's thing up there. Go Ravens. What? Hey, if, if someone, if someone sits down out their sports team, I will give them Ravens. the platform. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> um, Oh, Rico says, hey, guys, put a great review of, uh, of the way the community on deal Raiders part of my report on my experience with Kiev. Anyway, Rico, you sent an awesome Rico. success story back on the YA community. Thank you for doing that. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, guys. Happy Friday. Go enjoy the day. Greatly appreciate both of you. Much love. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs> Join us again next time, which is probably tomorrow, to get the news you can use from YAA. YAA is your trusted source for all things auto. Thanks for listening. See you soon.